Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on May 14th, 2018. in a Sully Baseball studio overlooking historic Rose Bowl. May 14th. It's a special day. It's a special day for your pal Sully. On this day in 1972... Willie Mays played his first game against the Giants. He began the 1972 season with the Giants defending their NL West title. And the aging Willie Mays was traded back to New York. Everyone knew his career was winding down. And he was traded to the New York Mets. So he could finish his career in New York, where it began. Not exactly physically where it began because the polo grounds were no longer in existence. But he was ending his career in New York. And you've seen great players return back to their first city, sometimes in different uh, with different franchises and whatnot. You have Hank Aaron return to the Milwaukee with the Brewers. And oddly, Babe Ruth returned to Boston with the Braves. But Willie Mays returned to New York. And on May 14th, 1972, he hit the game-winning home run as a member of the Mets against the Giants. Willie Mays beat the Giants on this day in 1972. Also on this day in 1972, in a hospital in Willimantic, Connecticut, your pal Sully was born. And here I am, uh, now closer to 50 than to 40, which is strange, but I'm doing a podcast on my birthday. I want to talk a little baseball on my birthday. And so this is a little birthday present for me, and I'm letting you all in with me. We're going to talk a little baseball today. Not a lot of games going on this afternoon, so I can't spend this day watching baseball games. There is one game going on. I will mention it shortly. I do want to bring up one thing, and I promise I won't get on it because I've wasted way too many podcasts talking about Pete Rose. But the fact of the matter is it looks like sports gambling is going to be legalized. And and there you go. The sports base, Sports betting will be legalized. Uh, this doesn't affect my life personally. Uh, I don't gamble. I don't bet. I can think of nothing in the world stupider than betting on baseball games day to day because, you know, it's all based on who's starting pitching. And sometimes a pitcher can have an off day. Sometimes a pitcher, you can have a shocking, uh, you know, a rookie performance. Like uh, the, the there was a pitcher who pitches for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, and he made his big league debut yesterday. What the hell was his name? It was um, he he was he basically threw a no hitter into the sixth inning. It was uh, um, I'm not remembering his name. Freddie Peralta. That's right, Freddie Peralta, and he struck out like thirteen batters. He took a no hitter in the sixth in his major league debut. I mean, how can anyone? really test for that or, or or be prepared for that. You know, you could have a great pitcher get bombed. You could have a terrific you could have a terrific hitter go 0 for 4. Baseball is an everyday sport where there's ebbs and flows. It's not a once a week. I understand betting on boxing. I understand betting on football. Those are once a week with the same teams colliding. 
If you're betting on baseball, I'm sorry you're a degenerate. But I also don't care. I don't care. If you want to bet, fine. Are there going to be vultures out there? Absolutely. Are there going to be people out there who are going to be preying upon the gullible? Sure thing. But do you know what? I'm not going to give it much thought. And it also has absolutely nothing to do with Pete Rose. If they make gambling legal, it's not going to change Rose's stance of the fact that he broke the rules and you can't be gambling when you're participating in the event. Because that tips the direction the event goes in because you know someone has a financial stake in it. Even if you're betting on your team to win because that means the games you're not betting on to win, you're, oh, wait a minute, Pete's not betting on this game. Huh, we should bet against the Reds. You know, why if you put all your money into one game, then you're going to manage it differently. I've talked about this already, but this always happens whenever anything comes around with gambling in baseball. People say, oh, now does that mean Pete Rose is going to be reinstated? Shut up! The debate is over! Pete did this to himself. And he broke the rules. Now, I told, I went on a few years ago and I said the solution is simple. Make Pete Rose the draft king. If you're going to be in cahoots with draft kings and, and all those really sleazy companies. And look, at your pal Sully would love to make a living at this. And all the draft kings and all those companies were sort of pecking around at podcasts and blogs that were... You know, that had to do with baseball and sports. I say, well, you want to be a partner with us? Make a little money with us? And I'm like, get out of here! Because there was something about it that I thought felt sleazy. Your pal Sully is many things, but I didn't want to get in bed with a bunch of sleazebags. This has nothing to do with Pete Rose. He's not going to be reinstated. It's wrong to bet on baseball, even if you're betting to win, because it affects a game. It's an everyday game. So everyone... Just knock it off. Now, let's just talk a little baseball right now. It's my birthday, and I oh yeah, the Red Sox are tied for the best record in baseball on my birthday. And I love that. That's a nice birthday present for me. And they are playing um this afternoon, it's afternoon California time, against the A's. Now they're playing against Shamaniah. The last time the Red Sox faced Shamaniah, he threw a no-hitter against them. I don't think they're gonna do that now. Parcello is having a wonderful start to a season, is pitching today. If the Red Sox win today, then they will have the best record in baseball, be a half game ahead of the Yankees, and the magic number will be down to 122. I love it when the Red Sox are the best team in baseball on my birthday. It makes me wish my birthday was in October. But an interesting thing has happened, and it's one of the reasons why I find the the cycles of baseball to be so fascinating. The feel of the American League and the feel of the National League have completely been transposed from last year. Now, what does that mean? Last year, with a few exceptions, a couple of, you know, couple of exceptions, every single team in the American League seemed to be bunched in to a wild, wild card race. Even teams that were totally out of it by the end, like Baltimore. Baltimore was only one game out of the wild card going into September. 
it seemed like everyone was bunched together. And it didn't take a great team to make the American League playoffs. The Minnesota Twins were the second wildcard team, and they won uh, 86, 87 games last year. And it was super bunched up right until the end, until finally the the Twins pulled ahead a little bit of the Angels and some of the other contending teams and secured that second wildcard position. But the whole year, I mean, like, the Royals made a run for the division. You know, the Red Sox won their division. The Yankees looked really lousy the first half of the season, came forward, and by the end, they were playing as well as any team. Um, and the only things that were... And, and the the Royals were playing the Indians pretty closely for a long time, as were Minnesota. Minnesota took first place over for a little bit until the Indians went on that 21-game, 20, 20-something winning streak and ran off with a division. But up until that point, the Central was pretty close. And all year long, it was like, it's anyone's guess who's going to walk out of this, who's going to represent the American League come playoff time. Meanwhile, the National League seemed to be written in stone from the beginning. We knew the Nats were going to win the East. We knew Chicago was going to win the Central. We knew Los Angeles was going to win the West. And some combination was going to be the wildcard team. Now, there was a surprise that it turned out to be Arizona versus Colorado. I will grant you that. And I think a big part of that had to do with injuries decimating the Mets and the Giants and the Cardinals having a subpar year. But it was pretty clear early on last year that there was not a hell of a lot of suspense in the playoff run. The one big suspense was, the big piece of suspense was the first half of the season, the Milwaukee Brewers were in first place. But then the Cubs were like, you just got the sense at any minute the Cubs, the defending champs, were going to put on the aft thrusters, and they did, and they wound up winning the division. Well, this year, now it's, it is too early to check in. And your pal Sully has said that there's a point where you check in in the season, and that's the one-third mark, which will be roughly Memorial Day. We're about a quarter of the way through the season right now, however. And it is interesting that the American League already looks pretty locked in. The Red Sox and the Yankees are both two very talented teams with a lot of depth, a few holes to fill, but they have the resources to fill them either from the farm system or to make a trade. The Houston Astros, the defending world champions, oh my God, they're not as strong as they were when they won 101 games. They're going to win 90-something games. Their pitching is out of... off the charts. Charlie Morton, every game he pitches is spectacular. Dallas Keuchel was spectacular this weekend. You still have Verlander, still have Cole. It's a spectacular starting rotation. And the Angels, who lost a couple of dumb games to Minnesota but walked off yesterday, are also playing 600 ball. The one thing that is kind of a mess right now is the fact that the American League Central, the Indians are one game above 500 and in first place. The Twins are two games under 500 and tied in the loss column for first place. The Central looks awful, but I still believe the Indians are just one winning streak away from making that a formality. But you look at the other teams. I don't think Toronto has the, the horses to do anything. Neither does Tampa. Baltimore is awful. 
Um, the Tigers are only, they're three games back, but just because that division is so terrible. The Royals are in rebuilding mode. The White Sox are arguably the worst team in baseball in terms of, certainly in terms of the win-loss record. The Mariners are hanging around, but their injury to Robinson Cano is going to kill them. Uh, and the A's have a nice, young, spunky team, but they're not ready to compete with the Angels and the Astros. And the Rangers should be in full rebuilding mode right now. I mean, if one of those other teams contends, it'll be a real stunner to me. Meanwhile, suddenly the National League is wide open. Now, part of that has to do with the fact that the team that had the best record in baseball was at 103, 104 wins for the Dodgers. That some people were wondering if this was going to be the best team in baseball history. Got to the game seven of the World Series. And right now, as I'm recording this, the only two teams that have won fewer games than the Dodgers are the Marlins and the Reds. The Marlins, who are not even putting a major league product on the field, and the Reds, who are in full rebuilding mode, are the only two National League teams who have won fewer games than the Dodgers. And the Reds just came into Dodgers Stadium and kicked the Dodgers around. They came into Dodgers Stadium, smacked them around, humiliated, and ate their food. The Dodgers, who I talked about last week, had to be in a mode where we came. We're, we're 16 and 20, but we have four games with the Reds. If we want to chip, chip away, get back to 500, being at home against the Reds, of which one of the games was started by Matt Harvey, who was designated for assignment because he's so awful right now. And the Reds came in and won all four games in Los Angeles. All four. Winning the West, can they keep the Padres at bay and not be in last place? And so with that development, suddenly we're seeing a National League that around the one-quarter mark, again, I'm not taking stock of anything, but you're looking at it, and it seems to be the direct opposite of the American League. Now, who, who has no shot? The Marlins have no shot. They're not even trying. The Reds have no shot, even though they're on a six-game winning streak. And right now we're only 10 games out. But, I mean, they're, they're not a good team, let's face it. And San Diego, are they're, uh, they have talent on their team, but they're still building. You take away those three teams, and you could make an argument for every other team in the National League. Now, here's a, here's a pop quiz for you. As of this recording, when you woke up on May 14th, say, hey, it's Sully's birthday, what team do you think is the best team in the National League in terms of their win-loss record at this moment, at roughly a quarter mark of the season? What, do, what team do you think has the best win-loss record in the National League? Can you guess it? Is it Washington? Is it the Cubs? Is it the Dodgers? Is that all the teams you're expecting? Chances are you might say, oh, it's Arizona. They got off to the wonderful start. Arizona's on a five-game losing streak where they just got smacked around by Washington. Is it Washington? No. It's the Braves! The Atlanta Braves! A team that last year was like, ah, oh, well, you know, they've got some talent. They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding, and maybe in a couple of years they'll be okay. Right now they're playing 615 ball. That's the best winning percentage in the National League. 
And the average age on the team is four. They're toddlers playing on the Atlanta Braves right now. Now, when you take a look at the team, they're getting a wonderful potential MVP caliber season out of Freddie Freeman. They brought up Ronald Acuna, who's four, and he's hit a bunch of home runs, played really well. Ozzy Albies, is that how you pronounce his name? I sure hope so. Their second baseman, 21 years old, already has 12 homers. He's already slugging 564. Dancy Swanson's on the disabled list. I hope he comes back soon, but he's he was hitting quite well beforehand. And they have this little revolving door at third base between Ryan Flaherty with uh, Jose Bautista. You know, it's it's a little bit ugly, but guess what? Guess what they have? There's a player in AAA named Austin Riley who is how old is Austin Riley? He is 21 years old. They could have a team where you have Freeman Albies, Swanson, and Riley as their out as their infield, and you have an outfield that includes uh, Acuna, who's twenty, Ender Incer Incer. I can't pronounce his name. Inciarte, Inciarte. I I, I got it. No, 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 no. And Nick Markakis, who's having a f- wonderful season, and some combination of some of the other young kids they have out there. This could be the team. Of the next bunch of years, and they're all they're all under control, and they're in first place. Now, this is not the Braves of Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, but Julio Turan is having a nice season. Sean Newcomb's having a nice season, and their bullpen is complete lockdown. You may not know Vizcaino, you may not know Winkler, you may not know AJ Minter, you may not know Carl. You know, you may not know Jesse Biddle, but they're all pitching wonderfully. And the Braves are in first place. And you think, well, it's a rebuilding. Well, maybe it's a year where these pieces click together. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, you know, the the Dodgers and the Nationals got off to terrible starts. But the Nationals have won 13 of their last 15 games. And they went into Arizona. And Arizona got off to a wonderful start. Can't lose a season. Oh, my God. Is it going to be, are they going to run away with the division and win the pennant and everything like that? And the Diamondbacks swept them at home. And now, despite their rocky start that they had, they're only a game and a half out of first. The Phillies, with all their young talent, they're only a game out of first. The Rockies, they're only, two, they're only three games back in the loss column. And if you want to see insanity, look at the National League Central right now. As I'm recording this, the Brewers are in first place. Half a game behind them are both the uh, Cardinals and the Pirates. And a game behind them are the Cubs. One game separates first and fourth place in the Central. And if you're going to get truly bananas, you look at the wild card where then you get to throw in the Mets who are only two and a half back out of a wild card, and the Giants are only three and a half back out of a wild card. Again, it's too early to make real assessments. And what I mean by that is take a good log look at your team and say, what trades do we have to make? What holes do we need to fill? I really think you shouldn't start doing that until you played about a third of the year, which will be in a couple of weeks. But a couple of weeks doesn't take place in a vacuum. And unless the... 
Braves go on a 10-game losing streak, they are going to be entering Memorial Day within strike, either in first place or within striking distance of first place. With a super young team that has a smattering of veterans like Marcakis, like Kurt Suzuki. Right now they have Jose Bautista, but who knows how long that experiment will take place. Where you wonder if maybe a veteran here or a veteran there would be enough to stabilize the team and have them contend. In other words, this is exactly the way the American League felt last year. And now the National League feels that way. And the American League feels top-heavy. In a sense that some of these division races... If not, if there may not be done, but you get a sense of, I have a feeling I know who the players are going to be. And of course, it looks like some combination of either the Red Sox or the Yankees and either the Astros or the Angels will play a one-game playoff, do or die, while a mediocre central team winds up playing in the division series. Of course, a lot can happen. Angels could collapse. Astros, there could be injuries. The Indians who put on their aft thrusters like they did last year, there's a lot to happen. But what I'm loving is a team like the Braves, which is supposed to be in rebuilding mode, wakes up a quarter of the way through and says, wait, are we the best in the league? We are? Huh. Well, let's see where we are in a couple weeks and then make another evaluation. I mean, if you think about the way if Swanson comes back from his injury and they have this amazing young infield, and they throw in the like of an Austin Riley, who is a, you know, as I say, 21 years old right-handed hitter with power, with some speed. He was hitting the snot out of the ball in AAA right now. His OPS right now is over 1,000. He's batting 345 with a batting average at age 21. And plunk him in with that? I'm just saying, it might be a good time. And there's a lot of teams, when you realize how small that window of opportunity is, that window of opportunity could close really fast. You don't believe me? The Dodgers stink this year. Yes, they've had tons of injuries. Other teams have tons of injuries too. I can't even say, I may be injured because I can't say tons of injuries. I do believe that if the Dodgers don't improve their situation... They should sit this year. They should not make any deals to try to improve the 2018 team. And if there's any players available for free agency, they may chuck them over the side. I still don't know what condition Clayton Kershaw is in. He's injured right now. And I stand by what I said a few weeks ago. If the Dodgers are falling out of contention and Clayton Kershaw is healthy, they should consider making the deal, because if I were Kershaw, I would opt out. But a wide-open National League means that if you have a key piece, like a Kershaw, perhaps, like a Manny Machado, perhaps, or an Adam Jones, perhaps, if you're or a Cole Hamels, who I would love to see go back to Philadelphia, if you have a key piece like that, call up the National League and point to, ah, you never know. Your window of opportunity could be right now. Right damn now. And with a game or two really separating playing in October or not playing in October, 
you could take a good long look and say, gee whiz, maybe it's worth a couple of minor leaguers. The leagues have flipped. And it's one of the wonderful things about baseball. I said going into this year, I would be absolutely stunned if the National League pennant was not won by either the Nationals or the Dodgers. And now here we are saying, Jesus, maybe the Dodgers aren't even going to make the playoffs. Maybe they won't even have a winning season. It's the beauty of the games. But we're only a quarter of the way through. I'm going to really break down my thoughts in a few weeks, but it's my birthday. I wanted to talk baseball. I wanted to talk about it with you, my friends. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been Sully Baseball for my birthday, May 14th, 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I may have cake tonight. And you can call me Sully.